Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Notable Podcast. My name is Fran. I'm Immy. And today our special, very special guest is Charlotte, who is... Oh, in fact, Charlotte, you tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so hello everyone. Thanks for having me on, guys, as well. Um, I'm Charlotte. I'm currently... Um, trying to get through a degree at the University of York, um, a music degree, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> and then aren't you, okay, so so you are half of, uh, oh, yeah. oh, sorry. that sounds yeah. fun. I was on for that, yeah. Yeah, so I am in lockdown. I set up a little like Instagram and Twitter thing called That Sounds Fun with one of my best friends, Bethan, um, where we share a song every day. Um, it can just be a silly song or a reflective song, any type of song. We share one every day. And on Monday, tomorrow, it is our first birthday. And we will have been singing 365 songs. Can I ask, is the song tomorrow happy birthday that you're going to uh, share? No, it's not actually, but we also <laughs> should do that. <laughs> oh, well, how apt happy that birthday. we're doing this episode. Yeah. yeah. And aren't you, you're part of like the music education at York, aren't you on the committee or something? Yeah, yeah. So the Uni of York have a, it's like a charitable society thing called MEG, which stands for Music Education Group. And I have, I've been a part of it since first year and absolutely love it. And this year I'm actually the chair, um, which is very exciting. It's a lot of pressure and a lot of work, but it's also so rewarding and it's, yeah, super lovely. That's super cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you can share some insight. <laughs> Hopefully. Today, <laughs> in theme of Charlotte being chair of the music education group at the University of York, today's theme is growing up learning an instrument. So we're going to talk about what we experienced growing up learning, learning an instrument and sort of how that progression worked for us and maybe how it worked for other people and what we think the benefits are and maybe the negatives and today's world of in for kids today growing up learning an instrument so that's what we're talking about growing up learning an instrument so let's start with when we started learning an instrument so charlotte we'll start with you what was your when did you start and what was your first instrument um so i started learning the piano uh i think i was about seven um yeah, I can't particularly remember how I even got into it, if I'm completely honest. Um, my dad used to play when he was younger, but like only up to like grade five-ish. And then, yeah, like his side of the family were kind of musical and would like his brother played played piano. So it was always like around, there was always music around. Um, and I think I do, I think I do just remember being asked, like, do you want to learn piano? And I was like, I think like any kid, at that age you're like yeah let's do anything let's let's do it um so I did um and then at school like flute lessons were offered we all had to, it was the classic like you all had to learn the recorder and then the shalomoo did either of you play the shalomoo no. what is the shalomoo yeah I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right but it's like kind of a recordery clarinet like <laughs> I'm gonna google it how do you even spell that I have no idea so like it it's like a recorder but it has a reed wow yeah we, we all had like a term of learning the shalomu and then we got like put into different groups of like either like flute saxophone or clarinet i am just googling this now and i i can't i don't i can't find the shalomu either i'm scared 
scouring what? the internet. What I promise that? I haven't made oh this up. Oh my goodness. Genuine right, if instrument. Any, if anyone knows one, how to spell Shalamu, and two, where I can find it, please comment, share a link, because I'm so Get curious. in touch. Yeah, yeah, get in touch. Um, I've definitely, oh, like, saying cool. it wrong. That's probably, like, my northern, like, <laughs> northern accent, just... That's so cool. Yeah, so I, after, yeah, I found it. It's C-H-A-L-A- M E A U. That's okay. Yeah. So definitely thought... not pronounced Shalamu. Oh, oh, what the heck? Okay, that hang is on. such a rogue thing to learn at that school. That is though. so rogue. Ooh. I think it was trying to like protect us from the recorder. So I think it was trying I want to, to hear be, like... it being played. Oh no! It's just that recorder is so clarinet. Cool. That is mad. My brain's just been blown. Literally same. Wow. And this is why we're doing this podcast, because we've just done... Immy's a recorder player, and we're learning. And you've not heard of the infamous Shalamu? I know, I know. Every day you learn something new. Yeah. That is crazy. Wow. That's like uncanny. Wow. I'm going to have to listen cool. to some Shalamu music later. Yeah. Well, thank you, Charlotte. Wow. Um, did you, when you were learning the piano, was that... So you, that wasn't offered by school necessarily, you just... No, so that was, yeah, we, I started piano, like private lessons outside of school. Um, and then flute was in school after the Shalamu. Um, oh. Yeah, and I think, I can't, re- I can't particularly remember a lot about it, to be perfectly honest. I remember liking it, but I hated practising. Like mm, practising just yeah. wasn't the one. I enjoyed the lessons. And I enjoyed when I could play a piece, but the practicing, I don't think, was the one. Which I think is quite a common thing with little kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the same. But I'm oh, so glad uh, now that I like stuck to it. Yeah. Imi, what about you? Um, well, I, I feel like I had a bit of a weird start to learning an instrument because I don't know if I've said before in this podcast, well, so I'm a record player. And it started off as as all our recorder stories begin in primary school. And um, I think I was in year two and my mum and the head teacher were helping this like recorder club. And I cannot tell you how cool I felt like because in year two, it was like a privilege to be able to go to a recorder club. And we like do it in the reception classes. Like after school, we'd all like queue up like arms folded, ready to go into like the classes that like, the young kids would leave. And we're like, it's our turn now to go to recorder class. Anyways, we go to recorders. And I absolutely loved it. And I just wouldn't stop playing. And I'd like sneak around the house and my recorder, like getting an extra practice time. And my mum, I think she just thought it was really weird. <laughs> and it was just like, like you can't take, yes. Yeah, so I would like take this giant whiteboard we'd have in the house and like write my music notes on it and like carry it around. My mum was worried to get ink everywhere, which is totally fair enough. So she was like, and none of this nonsense, like, if you're actually interested, we'll get you some lessons. So there was a woman at um, my church who knew, like, a few more notes. So we'd meet up with her and, like, learn a few extra notes. And then um, when I got to year five, my class teacher, for some reason, knew of a really good record teacher. So started lessons and the rest is history. Um, I heard a flute being played in assembly and went home and said to mum, I really want to learn the flute. So then started lessons with one of my best friends. And we used to have to do, like, joint lessons together. And that's basically it. Yeah. We did some class lessons on the clarinet, which sounded a bit like Charlotte Chalamet experience. 
Um, but they were rogue. Class lessons on the clarinet. Yes, 60 kids. 90 kids if the wow. whole group is played together. I remember one time a soul for a girl fainted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was bad. I don't think we ever got past like three notes, but I mean, I guess it's good experience, like it's a good opportunity. So yeah, but I'm similar to Charlotte. Like I don't think it was up until I was probably like 15 where I like wanted to practice. Yeah, for me it was around the like grade four stage. And then yeah. I was like, oh, actually, I, like this, this is actually quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think when I started to like play songs that I really liked, yeah, or concerts that I was bothered about. Yeah, I think it's when you start getting like something back from it as well. It's not just you putting in loads of effort and then it's still sounding like Mm. not that great or not that impressive. I think it's when you start getting like stuff back from it. Mm. Yeah, instead of an examiner being like, um, but I didn't like this bit, or you know, your your interpretation interpretation of Farrah Jacker wasn't quite correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's when yeah and I think when you like that age you start joining more advanced ensembles and stuff and really making friendship groups in those ensembles yeah and I think that can push you to practice because you want to stay in those ensembles it's true what about you Fran tell us about your well both my parents did music degrees but they never were pushing me to they always allowed me to do lots of things like I was always sort of set on doing ballet when I was little. But then I started, I think, I can't remember when I started learning piano. I must have been quite young, maybe five or six. And that was that was just, my mum played the piano a lot. And I often, I remember, I remember so vividly hearing a hymn from church and then going home and working out how to play the melody on the piano. And my parents were like, wow, she's got quite a good ear and she's able to do this on the piano and like, we should get her lessons. So that was how I started piano. And then we got whole class instrumental teaching for strings. Um, and that was where I think I mentioned in the podcast when the the violin teacher, when she was doing the introduction to violin and she was like, oh, but be careful because if a string snaps, it will take your eye out. I just so vividly remember being sat in assembly like, oh God, <laughs> okay. Um, but my mum played the violin and we had a vi- like a broken violin under the stairs. Um, so when I was finally old enough to have a full-size violin, we got that violin fixed and it's now a very nice violin. So, and singing just, I liked singing. I ended up, I did choir. My mum took the choir at my primary school. So we learned, I was quite good at singing and I always just sang and so I got lessons. But then violin's actually, actually been the only one where I've always had lessons up until my like grade eight and stuff. Whereas piano, I took like a few years hiatus and same with singing when between like the ages of 10 and 15. Violin, I love, but I think violin was the only one that I kept on going the whole time because because of the whole class instrumental teaching and it was provided by school and I was doing orchestra and I was doing more things that just allowed me to keep that progression going more consistently if that makes sense like it was mm. because of school I guess because of what was being provided yeah I had the same That's with nice the flute sense. because with the recorder there wasn't a whole lot that you could do with other people like I was part of an ensemble but with the flute I could join like wind bands and orchestras yeah like duets and I think people were just a bit more interested to hear the flutes yeah um fair. but yeah I think you're so right like when you get stuck into a little community it's like most yeah. things isn't it so you become bothered. Yeah, I think that's like me with singing. Like up until actually 
so again this podcast is so fitting in the timeline of my music <laughs> thing so well done guys um up until last thursday i had never had a singing lesson but i had my first singing lesson on thursday and it was the most no insane way. thing ever yeah <laughs> wow honestly i it was so much fun so much fun it was only half an hour but i like i came out of it and i like skipped back home through campus like it was just so great so how come you've just got singing lessons now is that um what i've never like i've always like there's always been other ways to sing so like in quiet like i've done a lot of like choir stuff um I mean, Charlotte, you're, li- you're literally a National Youth Choir and you've never had a singing <laughs> lesson. <laughs> well, I've had the lessons on the courses. Yeah. But it's always yeah. like it was when it got to that point, it was always like either st- singing lessons or National Youth Choir. And like I got so right. much more out of National Youth Choir because of the community and like the different like training opportunities kind of thing. Like it was more of a it was the community. And that's I think that's more what singing is for me. It's like yeah. a like sharing your voice and being part of a community together, um, mm. rather than like individual lessons. Like that never really I don't know. Were you were you provided free instrumental lessons at school? Um, if we did GCSE and A level. Um oh, really? Yeah. I've like never heard of that combination. Really? Oh, okay. So yeah, if we so we weren't like through the rest of school, but if we were if we did GCSE and then A level music, then you got free half an hour but they were so like I don't want to like say anything bad about it but they weren't the best (laughs) let's put it that way that's so Mm. odd that scenario is such a sort of example of what's going on at the minute so if you only get lessons once you've hit GCSE and A level then that's great because then you know you're progressing having already reached a certain level but to reach that sort of level you need teaching before then that's not getting people into that situation it's like exactly once they're there yeah. yeah this is the big problem well this not the big just the, this the is key one problem of, this is one of the problems that like i was thinking about this when we I'd like sign well when i signed up to a music degree like everyone who's come to this degree in a really unique way amongst other courses has had to privately invest in the, their education mm-hmm. yeah. exclusively like yeah. i don't know what other courses maybe sports but it's still quite not yeah. it's not quite the same like yeah. you know in the same way where you have like one to one tuition to get to where you need to be able to do a degree or do an a level in it that's so true which is not which is weird right because then it immediately means that it's inaccessible to so many people yeah and it's like it it's like that meme where there's an orchestra it's like if you want yeah. this you have to have this and then it's like you know the five-year-old screeching the violin yeah mm. exactly but it's like I, but that's where it has to start it's like the government or like whoever those higher powers can't put two and two together it's like the whole yeah. pandemic thing of the arts was the first like the first thing to be cut and got the biggest cuts and whatever and maybe that's a bit exaggerated but like there was so much cut to the arts but then the arts was the only thing that people consumed and they, yes. they couldn't put two and two together that it needs funding for them to be able to have it. Like yeah. for them to be able to consume art and you consume art everywhere, like literally yeah. everywhere without even Imagine knowing. how boring life would be without the radio, without TV, without books, literally anything. Yeah, without fact, like I'm actually... little jingles on adverts or like yeah. little jingles yeah. when you go into the train station or whatever. Like yeah. it is everywhere but they can't put two and two together that you need to train people for you to be able to have that 
was gonna say, and it's not even just those like you know the jingles or like the radio. It's like the bigger picture. Like people love being part of something. Yeah. Like the amount of community projects that have to like really work to get funding to have like community choirs and community. People love it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm reading a book at the minute called Fahrenheit Four Five One by Ray Bradbury, and it's actually very fitting. And basically, I'll give a very brief sort of summary of what's going on. But it fits quite well. So the plot begins in a time where all books are burnt and no one's allowed to have books. No one's allowed to have knowledge. No one's allowed to have... You're basically not allowed to think and sort of philosophy, sociology. Everything is as it is. And you're not allowed to ask questions about why something exists and why you might feel a certain way. And they're trying to sort of eliminate any ambiguity in creativity or you know everything's objective it's no longer subjective and so they've burnt all the books and this guy's suddenly realizing that um there must there must be more and there must be a reason that these books are being burnt because they're dangerous and they hold a really special power um and i think that's kind of like what's going on at the minute in a weird way they're trying to cut creativity and that's not that's that's just not how you know society functions on being curious and, and personal you know. expression it's a way to express yeah. yourself and it's in a way to connect with other people and i yeah. think society is gradually getting less and less connected but that's mm-hmm. causing so many issues like yeah. people are having such struggles because they're not obviously like there's other reasons but like if we add more connection and more ways to our express ourselves aka the arts then these issues might not be as like grounded and there's like yeah much of a problem yeah i totally agree yeah and obviously (laughs) (laughs) literally we really could um i went to i went to a state school that had a we had a when i was in year seven so i had just got to the secondary school and they had a couple of groups they i think they had a like a sort of wind band um, which didn't only lasted for about a year while I was there. And then they kept some instrumental lessons. Like I was doing clarinet lessons while I was there. But other than that, it basically just fizzled out and then there was nothing. And the only way for me to source my musical education was through my parents or mostly was through the Leicester, Leicestershire School's music service. That was where I got everything up until I was about 16, 17. Um, when I started to source a sort of higher level of singing lesson and stuff. But I mean, up and like I was in the, even my dad sourced all of his music education from Leicester School's music service when he was growing up. And he was in the orchestra that I was in. We went on tour to the same place, like just coincidentally from when he was like 18. Um, That's so and like without, without the music service, I, I genuinely wouldn't have done a music degree. And the music service is kind of, well, everyone it cut the the funding got cut, so they couldn't they can't just they can't fund what they used to be able to yeah to do, which is really sad because like you said they they're cutting the bottom the bottom layer which is which is only the, they cut the foundation level they cut like, the foundation level about ten years ago um or nine nine ten years ago, and that's only just caught up, and they're like ah. Oh, Oh, we, we're not sure how to fix this now, I think. Yeah, because those people that were, like, the that age, 
mm-hmm. or now now don't have as much experience or like exactly mm. they've now reached the top with really minimal experience whereas us who were sort of either at the top about to leave when it got cut or was sort of halfway through the cracks didn't start showing un- until after we left yeah because we had already had we had the foundation it's so sad it's so sad it's so sad but that's why we're doing this podcast i want to fix it <laughs> start like this is Let's start yeah yeah this like this podcast is my place to give an element of free music education yeah you know and i think that's that's reciprocated for me with that sounds fun yeah um mm. and that yes at the minute it is very much just sharing a song every day but that's a song that other people can sing and join in with and yeah. they're all simple yeah. songs um and the idea well it our idea um is to to form to create it into some sort of organization some sort of workshop giving mm-hmm. thing yeah that we can yeah, yeah, yeah. help other people to use their voice and find their voice um and that connection as well and yeah yeah as you say and in a way Charlotte I'm sure you're like doing what we're also talking about it with other element, elements of music like you're creating community like people yeah. are using music as a medium to reach out to yeah, others it's been it actually they're like we've had because you don't realize we just put it out every day and you kind of forget that it is going to people sometimes you forget that mm-hmm. other people are hearing it but we've had some such lovely comments that like so someone was watching them and their friends just started as a primary school teacher and they were like oh i want songs to do with the kids like do you know where i can go and they were like oh well have a look at this there's like loads of songs that you can use whatever and that's like so it's going like beyond just people sitting with it on their phones, which is mm. what we want really. And then like someone else, another friend, their sister works with kids in Sri Lanka. I want to say that might be completely cool. wrong. And she's using it as like their morning thing. Every morning they have like a little oh, song, wow. obviously if it's appropriate, which we try to keep them appropriate. <laughs> um, and it's like people are actually using them. And yeah. even, so I've run a little community choir as well in like a village in, Yorkshire and I mean the age range is probably from 40 to 90 um I literally I learned last week that one of the people is 90 and I was like wow um, and he's still like walking around like he joins in with all the actions and everything it's great um and one woman came up to me the other week and said so she lives alone and she said that sometimes she'll go days without like talking to people um, but because of coming to choir and now joining in with the songs on That Sounds Fun, her voice is feeling so much better because she sings along. And I was like, honestly, my heart melted. And I was like, and this is why we're doing it. It gives yeah. people a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, community. And they've found their voice or they're finding their voice and mm. they're using it. Yeah. That's so, it's so cool. It's so cool. And you forget how powerful music is. Like, um, along or kind of similar lines so on a Wednesday I do like um I go to like a community house and do like little guitar lessons with this guy and a couple of weeks ago I was saying to him okay I've got like 20 minutes left like jump play this song or this song and he was like oh, I've actually brought a little lyric book and he must be 45 50 I don't know and he pulled out this book which was just pages and pages of lyrics about his experience with homelessness and like drugs and just all this different stuff and I was like, oh my goodness, like, have you ever put any of this to music? And he was like, no, no, I just don't feel like I'm skilled enough. And I was like, well, let's write a song. 
and we've been songwriting together for the past couple of weeks and he's got his friends together and they're going to do a recording of it and he was saying last week like how empowered he feels by it he's and found just, his like, voice he's found his voice and he's found a way to like express himself and like as much as i have loved doing grades and competitions and stuff throughout my life i kind of think like in that moment like what you're talking about charlotte like that is what this is about it is it like is. the and way like, that it connects people to themselves. It goes past. It goes past grades and levels. It's the community. yeah, massively. And I'm going to keep saying finding your voice, and that can be on. Doesn't have to be your physical voice. It can be in whatever way you are expressing yourself. And like the whole music education thing goes beyond sitting in school. As like, you don't just learn in school. Mm-hmm. Like you learn forever, basically. That you never stop learning, and I think society has put it on us that we stop learning once we've graduated or once we finish school so mm. then people don't feel like they can and then they get in and like all in a tears being like oh well I can't join this choir because I've never done it before I've never learned or I can't pick up that instrument because I've never learned and it's like no that's not the point you can learn whenever and the benefits you have from it so like we need to like rework society almost in thinking that learning isn't sat at a desk listening to a teacher ramble it's about yeah Find, being proactive it's a, being pro- and finding your voice and finding your community um mm. yeah and a way to express yourself yeah. and obviously like that's easy with singing because you have you already have your instrument yeah and there needs like some there needs to be a foundation where in, that can happen for instrumental music yeah because obviously that requires more training um and a, and a sort of a, a more intense level of more, not even more training like it's just the, no, there's yeah. a barrier of yes. you don't have the the instrument isn't readily available yes yeah like yeah you have to go out and source an instrument um, yeah. and I think people just aren't around it as much like Fran yeah. you know the old folk band we were talking the other yes. day like Fran was saying one of the first things you went to was like a little jam session down the road yeah and we were going like oh that's so fun that you had a little jam session you could just join in with but those things aren't common like Mm-hmm. it's not easy to find out where those things happen I think people grow up less around live instruments yeah and in a way as you're saying Charlotte, like just naturally them becomes less accessible whereas if you had a lot more like you know beginner amateur sort of jams happening that people could join in with because yeah. like now yeah. it's like well you need to be good enough to join an orchestra or etc yeah. people feel like they need to because that's yeah which again is yeah. a, a fault of society, I feel, a fault of how we've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. how it's been created. Like the only reason, so I can play bits of saxophone and clarinet and guitar. And the only reason I've had that is because there's been those instruments lying around and I've been curious, curious enough to just to pick them up and be like, actually, let's have a play about um, yeah. and, and do. And But if those instruments hadn't been lying about, I would never have done that. And I'd never... Yeah. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny. Like people know that I'm musical, so if they've got, you know, when people are like clearing out their loft or whatever, or like yeah, under their bed, and they find like an old instrument, they'd be like, "Oh, Charlotte might want that." So I now have, I've got something stupid like four clarinets <laughs> that are all broken in different ways that have come from people's <laughs> lofts or whatever. Like I, my mum literally must hate me because our entire house is just filled with random half-broken instruments that people have gone, Charlotte's musical, let's give her this. <laughs> oh, well, that's so nice. In fact, so I am um, 
I do some a lot of the publicity for Leicester Music Fest, which is also a charitable organisation where they have an annual music festival festival in February. And basically anyone, so from beginner to advanced can, and all ages, can compete. And there's masterclasses, workshops, all sorts, like mindfulness, um, Alexander Technique, really good samosas. It's really good. And then throughout <laughs> the year, they do um, other sort of just smaller sort of charitable things. So one of the things that they started doing recently is this instrument rehoming scheme where people who don't have an instrument that they don't want anymore, but they don't necessarily like know the best place to sell it or they don't want to sell it, they just wanted to give it to someone that will use it, they go to Leicester Music Fest and they say, hi, I have this instrument, Can will you take it? And then Leicester Music Fest put a post out saying, we have this inst- said instrument, does anyone want it? Um, and then that other person gets it. And that's like that kind of more of that needs to happen. So there's all yeah. like Charlotte, so you have your community choirs, Amy, you, like the song, like the songwriting, the community that you have. Um, and like Leicester Music Fest, there's all these small things that just need to really take take ground because music's yeah. becoming increasingly elitist because only like, like n- not as many people can afford no one can afford music lessons anymore and i was saying the other day that it's going to get to the point where there's no more teachers because no one's had the foundation teaching yeah it, yeah it's not even that it like it needs to be bigger it just needs to be seen as more respected yes. and more yeah. like that it has a genuine place in society people need to know it's it there and know that it's approachable yeah and people have this like thing being like oh well i'm not good enough i can't do it i've never done it before and it's like going back to what i said like everyone starts somewhere and Mm -hmm. society's put on us that we have to already have this grounding to be able to start but it's like no like that's not how things work you have to start somewhere and i think one of the really special things about music is that it involves so many things like, you know, you learn history by doing music, yeah. you know, it helps with maths, it helps with motivation, with, yeah. you know, brain power, multitasking, confidence. like languages, confidence, yeah. so many things. So it's that's just something so that, all round. Sorry. That's no, you, something yeah. that we've actually like picked on this year with Meg, the music education group. I It was getting to a point where it was, so it's a society. So obviously the committee changes every year and it's been going for like 10, 15 years or something. And it, it got to the point where it was just like a mush of that 10 years of different people's talents and like interests and stuff. And I was like, right, maybe it needs. So after the whole COVID thing, like lockdowns, so I was like, maybe it just needs to like be re-looked at and reworked a little bit. So we spent a lot of last term before summer just thinking about how to rework it. And I was quite worried that schools weren't going to want us in. It was going to be, nope, we need to focus on English, maths, science, blah, blah, blah. And they're not going to want music people coming in. And I was like, well, how can we like advertise to these schools that it's beneficial? It's not just a music lesson. It's not just you are learning the music. How can we advertise mm-hmm. to them? So we kind of rebranded and stripped it back a bit, but by making it more like what I thought they might want. So instead of being, these are the music workshops we can offer, what do you want? We've gone for, these are some of the learning outcomes that you could get from it. So things like confidence, teamwork, leadership, enhancing your, whatever you're currently learning, like the curriculum, musicianship, 
and we've got about 20 different learning ob objectives and on the form we say pick three and then we go and obviously like they can give any more info if they want um and then we say okay and how do you want us to do that and we've given That's them so an clever. option of six music workshops so using your voice djembe drum and samba drum and body percussion and then again they can request anything else and we can try and make it work but the emphasis rather than the emphasis being on the music workshop it's what they're going to gain from the music workshop that's so clever that is so clever because um, i think it can be daunting going into like learning a new skill because it sort of feels like you're going back to school and you you yeah people don't necessarily have a positive um, association with learning and teaching and being in that environment yeah. so that's really and clever it, it shows the teachers that they're getting it's not just a silly little hour session where the kids get to hit a drum and it might be that that might be what they want they might want a break and we've given them that option as well but also the teachers can see that it's going to benefit them in other ways mm. um which the I teachers think, a purpose not yeah, just the student yeah and it shows yeah. them that music can be like a vessel of education and not mm. the education in itself like it can help education in other ways yeah that's so yeah amazing. massively i actually whilst you're saying that charlotte i remembered for my music education module fran did you do this essay as well a whole class instrumental teaching did you essay i can't remember what essay i did uh, so well maybe i'll come back to you but I, <laughs> it's been a long while it's like like shoved right in the back of my brain because um, one of the things I had to talk about was so uh, whole class instrumental teaching, which is when like I had the clarinets and I had to talk about like the benefits of it. And there were so many benefits and they weren't just like the benefits of learning instrument, like some of the benefits I talked about were the fact that kids could take an instrument home. And that was, um, yeah, like, I guess, exciting. It felt valuable. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but outside of that confidence, the ability to have self-discipline and goal achievement. That's another thing. Control, expressiveness, reflection, evaluation, risk-taking, imagination, creativity, well-being, mood enhancement. Like the list was endless and most of it was so holistic. Like it was way beyond. It's just exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I really remember like writing the essay. It was like so hard to squeeze all the well-being bits in. And then I had to think of some criticisms and I was like, uh. <laughs> But that's like, what people don't do realise. And if they did realise how beneficial it is in other areas, mm. then maybe it would be more valued. But people just see it as simply learning an instrument, which, to be honest, in some... And yeah, that's important, but in some settings, maybe that's the thing that is the least, like, important, important bit. Important bit. I think so. Yeah. I um, When I was in year 12, I think, year 13, we had to do some work experience and I ended up going to my local radio station to like do my work experience there. And they had a really cool program. Um, I'm not sure if I've talked about it before, but basically if there was a kid that was struggling at school, they would be given a radio show. And the idea behind it was maybe at school they felt like they could achieve something and they couldn't do it or yeah, so disengage by giving them a radio show that they could get good at, they could build their confidence at, they'd then transfer that into their schoolwork. And like it actually worked. So these kids would have these whole shows that they got to become really proud of. Um, and it changed their attitude towards learning in other areas. It was a really cool program. That's so That's cool. super cool. Um, but yeah, I guess sort of reiterating what you were just saying there, Charlotte. So yeah. So, yeah. so I've just got up the form that we send out to schools. And some of the ones that we've got here is for fun, to relax or a treat, to increase general well-being, to build musicianship skills, 
and then like please specify on them to improve listening skills to enhance current learning to facilitate cultural understanding to build confidence encourage teamwork encourage leadership um, encourage expression encourage creativity to encourage trust respect and patience and that's i love this yeah that's so amazing that's so good so cool yeah such a good idea so yeah and i think that the teachers and the schools seeing that that's what they're going to get out of it they're like oh actually yeah my class have been really quiet and maybe they'd gain from a confidence session or like my class are just not working together as a team at all let's get these people in they said they can help build confidence and we do that through music so it's almost like subconscious it's subconscious in yeah. both as aspects they don't realize they're building their confidence and they don't realize they're learning an instrument but they're doing both at the same time <laughs> yeah um, and i think bringing it back to something you both said at the beginning about like you know we were saying we didn't necessarily want to practice until we had more of a like a purpose i think approaching it like that gives people more of an incentive to understand why they're practicing yeah and um, they'll probably be more likely to practice you know because they're thinking okay well i'm um i've been wanting to to improve on my patience or i've been wanting to improve on my mindfulness or my leadership so they practice those skills because they know they already know that that's what they're going to yeah. get out of it by doing that mm. um and yeah so i think it's that's i think that's an amazing way to approach um learning any sort of musical skill and should be like taken on board by everyone else highlighted yeah i agree yeah. <laughs> I agree. And it was weird, actually, I remember really vividly, like doing my GCSEs and thinking if it hadn't been for having to prepare for exams before these GCSEs, like music exams, I'd have no practice in like, like time organisation, goal setting. I really remember thinking like, I can feel these skills transferring across. But at the time, no one was really highlighting all these different benefits. Um, do you guys feel like you've, you've benefited in the same ways that we've sort of highlighted? just now music like tangible in your own lives yeah massively yeah. massively I wouldn't be who I am now. like that sounds so cringy but it's true like I wouldn't be who I am now without it um mm. I remember in my in my gap year I did my grade eight piano and it was I was going to do my grade seven and this was at Christmas time and I'd just done my grade eight violin and I was going to Italy on my as an au pair in March. So that was so I had a three month gap left of piano. And my teacher was like, Fran, let's just let's do grade eight. I was like, Are you joking? I started like three months ago at grade six level and you want me to do my grade eight. And obviously I had a lot of time, but I like didn't know that I could practice that hard. And I really sort of pushed myself and have just realised like I've really learned how hard I can work and how how good the benefits can be when I put that hard work in. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like, it's it's really like the the goals that have been set and the goals that I've reached for have really shown me um, like what I can do for myself yeah. kind of That's thing. That's so cool. That I sense. think I can kind of come at it from a different angle. Of the, I'm glad I did them because it's given me like a foundation to build on. But yes. it's like that thing of like, you know, when you say you're passing your driving test and it's like you actually learn to drive once you've passed, like that phrase. Mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like I've actually learned a lot more once I've got those foundation skills. Like once yes. I don't feel like I've maybe gained as much from the actual exams other than the basic skills. Mm -hmm. Like yes. I don't know how much I actually believe in it now. Now I'm out of it. 
um, other than it being a good kind of framework and structure to your learning. Mm. Um, but I've definitely learned a lot more after that and from just putting myself in different situations and discovering my own ways of playing and my own what makes me tick kind of thing like mm. what I yeah. want to get out of it and then how I want to impress that on other people mm. yeah yeah I do think that is the thing with the exams as well though is that they also like they're a good framework and I feel like they could do a better job at um using different type like genres of music but you have to play like there's three quite distinct pieces. Yeah. You sort of get like slightly eased into all the different worlds mm -hmm. of music that you can yeah. engage with. And they set up those foundation skills, which mean that you have the ability to spread your yeah. wings afterwards. But yeah, I, I think, think they're was, not the they're not yeah. the be all and end all though. No, no, no. no. Yeah. But no, I don't as think as saying. much pressure should be put on them as it is. I yeah. think it should be more of like a goal setting thing rather than there's so much emphasis on them. So for instance, I don't want to name drop, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> when I was applying for uni and stuff, Leeds University was one of my top choices. And I was like, yeah, that's the one I want to go to because it had like a cool language thing as well. And like, I was like, that's that's where I want to be. And they did a BMUS, a Bachelor of Music course. So it was four year. Um, but to get onto the BMUS, you had to have graded distinction. Um, so I applied and... I what I wanted to do, I wanted to do it on piano but I only have I passed my piano so I applied but I applied anyway and I was like what well, I applied to the BA um, and then they got my application and saw that I had grade eight distinction in singing and saxophone and they were like oh so they emailed they rang me and was like we can see you've got grade eight distinction would you like to audition for the BMUS and I was like yeah yeah that would be great thank you and they said they were like oh what instrument and I was like piano please and they were like okay yeah that's fine so I was kind of like twisting it a little bit but piano was what I wanted to do and they didn't say anything about it so I I went for it um I went to the audition played and I think it's one of the best auditions I've actually done like not to be big-headed or anything but like I actually really enjoyed it and thought I played well um and the audition panel were lovely gave me really good like constructive criticism and praise and stuff and it was really great and I must have been in there for like 45 minutes um, and we were talking and everything um, about my like plans and stuff and they literally said to me they were like we can see that you're of the standard and that you'd be really great on this course but I'm sorry you don't have graded distinction on paper we can't accept you really and then they went if you can get it before you come or if you can get a diploma before you come then yeah we'll take you but you don't have it on paper but they literally just... said to me that I was the, of the standard that they wanted. That's mad. Isn't that ridiculous? And like, so I was at that point, I was kind of toying with the idea of doing a diploma. And then like two days later, I broke my arm. So obviously didn't end up oh, doing a diploma. that was then. Yeah, that was then. <laughs> um, and which obviously as a pianist isn't great. Um, and they're so expensive. Like to be like, oh yeah, you can you can come, but you have to pay like a hundred odd quid to get this exam, and you have to put yourself through the stress of doing this exam before you can get here, even though we've just told you you are at the standard that we want. It's just not the environment you want to. No, and like, go why into. should that much emphasis be put on it? And like, also with exams, you can have just a duff like an off day. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, like my my grade eight piano. I mean, I did do it when I was fifteen, so I probably did it a bit too early anyway. But like the piano was broken, and like that's not even me me like. So the piano was broken, and everyone like on that day, everyone from the exam after mine got their exam rescheduled, and I didn't, and they wouldn't let me have my exam rescheduled. Um, and I know like a bad tradesman blames their tools, but the piano was broken. Was broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no other. And yeah, way like to... I was too young, and I probably hadn't prepared enough. But also, I was playing on a broken piano. So like, there's so many things to that impact this, and like to have that much weight on a piece of paper when they can see my playing abilities, like three years on from when I actually did my exam, mm, and they were still like, no. Sorry. That's so frustrating. And now I'm really glad I didn't go to York. To go, I mean... To, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're definitely glad you went to York. Glad you went to York. I'm really glad I didn't go to Leeds. I'm super glad that I went to York. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's like, you know, we are learning now the importance of everything that we've just spoken about. But I think there is still, as as we've also spoken about, such an emphasis on those sorts of exams. And it's about, well, I mean, it's about shifting shifting mindsets to yeah. showing that it's not just about that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's still working its way in out. The general curriculum, though, as well, yeah. like the whole yeah. fact that school is it's all yeah, now, for exams. It's a memory game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now there's there's so much focus on you know on the STEM subjects, and yeah. they've really didn't they, they they introduced after we left introduced like the bucket system or something, where like you picked from the top tier buckets of subjects for your GCSEs, which was like maths, sciences, um, English. And yeah. then the buckets as they went down sort of were were sort of seen as like less important. And like the bottom bucket was like the arts. And usually they clashed with other subjects. So it's all, so it made it increasingly hard yeah. to do them. Um, and it's like, that's not, no. And most of the people that I know that do that were in my orchestra, that are in my, that are in Leicester Uni Chamber Choir, such a high percentage have either, are either doing medicine or have yeah. gone to do medicine. Yeah. And all of those people were taking further maths, maths, chemistry, biology, physics, you know, and it's yeah. like, they're also the ones that understand the importance of the arts yeah. and are some of the people that really take those arts seriously, yeah. you know? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, the way yeah, it's just all wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, Good. let's start a revolution and change the world. Yes. Woo, woo, woo. Let's keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep doing our podcast. You keep doing Meg and being amazing and doing um that sounds fun, which is three hundred and sixty five Everyone... more days to go. <laughs> Everyone go check it out. It's at that underscore Wonderful. sounds fun. Sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. Um amazing. So well, what we've learned from that is that everyone should just go Learn an instrument. Learn an instrument. Go find a community group that you find friends to even yeah even just finding friends to play with. It doesn't even have to be a community group. No. You know it it can literally just be a few friends and you have a jam on a Thursday evening or whatever. Yeah, or just yeah yeah, a birthday party. Once you've sang happy birthday, sing a few more things too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I used to take my choir Christmas vault (laughs) to parties. Guys, should we sing some of these? Let's sing Lucas this day. 
<laughs> really bring the life of the party. Yeah, yeah. I, I was totally the life of the party, yeah. Um, oh, so sweet. So yeah. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me on, guys. This has been Shot, so much thanks fun. for coming. Oh, yeah, oh it's been you. so good. You're our first guest. Yay. <laughs> How exciting. Yeah. How exciting. It's been great. I've had a whale of a time. I could like talk for hours about this. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think every musician could. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you. And our next episode is going to be a Christmas episode. That's so exciting. It's so exciting. So we'll see you. See you then next month. See you then. Thank you, Charlotte. Thanks, it's been guys. wonderful. Um, and goodbye, everyone, for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>